Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Cycling Tips Podcast. This is the first of our daily Tour de France episodes, and we have a couple folks on the ground in Brittany. In fact, Abby Mickey and Ronan McLaughlin are, are in the back seat of a car currently being driven by our head of video, Phil, and uh, I'm just watching them bounce around on my screen right here. We're being really safe because Phil is driving, so yeah. safety is of our utmost. You're not making a podcast while driving. So today is, as I said, our first of the daily episodes. As always, today's episode is brought to you by Continental. Continental is synonymous with the world of cycling, but that is only part of the Conti picture. Conti, as many of you will know, also produces automotive tires. And yes, we know that this is a cycling podcast, but we also know that there are no shortage of car fans among us. The beauty of all that Conti does is that technology and learning can be shared. German precision, efficiency, and pursuit of the best possible tires means that when you put a set of GP5000, TerraSpeed, or Urban Taraxigum tires on your bike, you're using the best that you can get. And of course, Conti have great tires for your family wagon as well, or perhaps our Tour de France rental vehicle. Actually, I think they are Conti tires on there. Now, throughout the month here of the Tour de France, we're going to be hearing from some mechanics at Continental sponsored teams, and we have some other interesting things for you coming these next three weeks. So keep an ear out, and thanks to Continental for sponsoring this whole month of Tour de France dailies. The Tour de France obviously did not start yet. This is Friday, June 5th. Tour de France starts tomorrow. But we thought we'd do a quick little extra preview episode, give you an idea of what it's like on the ground at the Tour this year, as well as a little a more in-depth discussion of what's going to happen in tomorrow's first stage and who is going to take the Tour's first yellow jersey tomorrow. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But first and foremost, Abby, Ronan, How's it going on the ground there? I just hear I just hear Phil laughing and probably trying not to kill you in his rental car. Well, yeah, we went the for s- back the <laughs> <laughs> We went for safety um, with Ronan and I sitting in the back seat and Phil driving because it's not really safe to pod and drive. But Phil is uh is getting into f- battles with buses. Um, he cut the bus off and then the bus really inched in on him. So that's that's what we're doing. But we've just been traveling around, trying to sneakily snap some pics of the team bikes. Ronan is in heaven. He's seen multiple TT bikes today. Yeah, I have seen so many time trial bikes. I don't even know which way is up anymore. It's been it's been great. On top of that, we got a glimpse of the the Jumbo Visma. Tour de France team for 2041. So keep an eye out for that. It's going to be super interesting. What else have we seen? What You guys have been wandering the paddocks. Uh, we'll, we'll call this little mini nerd nugget here. What what stood out to you on the team bike front? Uh, well, the, we've been trying to catch as many time trial bikes as we can, as we were saying, just because you know the time trial comes up in stage five is probably going to be the first of the major rendezvous for the, the GC specialists. Uh, and really what we're seeing there is quite a lot of you know, attention to detail that we haven't seen in previous years. We've seen a lot of uh, World Tour teams this year employ sort of third-party t- aerodynamicists and, and time trial specialists to really optimize their rigs. And 
the the fruits of those sort of partnerships are starting to 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 become evident now with a lot of customization a lot of much much bigger chain rings i i thought 58 tooth chain rings had become the norm that was until our last stop when we seen a 60 tooth chain ring uh, so max wildskate of of team quebec and next hash had this huge 60 tooth chain ring on there but yeah apart from that there's um we've seen a f not not as much sort of new tech as we might have seen in previous years but still enough to certainly keep us on our toes we've seen updates to the canyon handlebars which had an issue earlier this year we've seen new wheels from zip uh, new helmets we've seen a few other customized parts but we have uh, quite a lengthy video i think coming in the next couple of days so that'll uh, give you a, a good insight into everything that we've managed to catch a glimpse of here and speaking of canyons and customization, the paint jobs on the Albus and Phoenix bikes are top notch. Chef's kiss. I, I was going to ask, uh, what's the best paint job? Because Trek has their shiny, like metallic looking paint. We've got new canyon paint. Who's the best so far? Who is the best looking bikes? Uh, Michael Matthews had a custom paint job uh, on his on his Bianchi Ultra XR4. But for me, anyway, I think it's been that those Treks. They they were just. Yeah, I'm, I'm really hoping that the camera caught them as nice as they actually are. I'm, I'm a big fan of Chrome. I'm a little bit biased because I hope to own one of those trucks in three weeks time. <laughs> but I'm pretty sure that those are the best paint job mm. of the whole tour. They're pretty rad. Trek is actually going to do the same for the women's team come Jira Rosa in a week. And they're going to have blue chrome, which is pretty freaking sweet. So we got like a little bit of a sneak peek of that as well, which is really cool. Super cool. You see anything else on the ground over there? I mean, uh, weather has been not great. I see you're both bundled up in, in raincoats in uh, in the end of June. Anything else? It is wet. <laughs> it is very, very wet. Um, it's supposed to be relatively more dry tomorrow, although that's kind of hard to believe given how much it's been raining today. Um, since I was at the tour last year for a couple days, one thing that I've noticed is just the amount of people that are hovering around. We've got fans that are kind of daring to get close to the team teams parked alongside the road and um, a lot more people wandering around the the paddock area and the um, the start village as well, which is not something we saw last year with, um, you know, when we were in the height of COVID or in the still in the mountainous region of covid now we're like we've descended we're kind of in the i don't know hilly or the massive central of covid sure sure yeah. that's where i was going with this for sure <laughs> yeah i mean things do seem to be relaxing a little bit i mean the access is still difficult uh, as you guys are finding out it, it takes a little bit more pre-planning and things like that but it is relaxing i mean i was i was i was having a discussion with uh one of the aso folks about a, a couple days ago and found out that like we, for example, to pick up our credentials, don't need PCR tests if we're fully vaccinated. If we've had our second vaccine shot for two weeks, then we don't need that PCR test. And that that's a big change from last year where people were getting PS PCR tests all the time. And you need to show and prove that you, you know, had a negative test before you came near anybody. So it is starting to get back to some semblance of normal, which is kind of nice. And uh, fingers crossed that, that that isn't accelerating too fast and that we don't end up with any... Uh, bad positive tests throughout this race. But 
You guys see anything else out there? Anything else worth mentioning from the ground in Brittany? What's Brittany like? There's, there's good, uh, good seafood, crepes. Have you had any crepes yet? Uh, well, I was gonna, I was gonna revert back to the terrain here first, since we are uh, talking bicycle racing here. And uh, someone once told me, if you can win a bike race in Brittany, you can win a bike race anywhere. Now, I never managed to win a bike race in Brittany, but. I can understand why that might be true because they do seem to love their bike racing here. Uh, the terrain is anything but flat. Uh, loads of little rollers and kickers, which I'm sure are gonna, you know, we, we'll talk about the stage, the upcoming stage uh, shortly, I guess. But uh, certainly from having a look around here, you can see that it's very close to the coast. Obviously, there's probably gonna be crosswinds. As you, as you guys on the call here can see now, it is raining quite a lot here. Uh, and on top of that, you've got these narrow roads up and down. Yeah, it's it's a uh, perfect terrain for a bike race, I think. Should we talk La Course first? So, because I know that you guys are you're sitting there with a laptop um, that wants to die, and so if we lose Abby, then we're in trouble for our La Course discussion. <laughs> Dane and I, on the other hand, can can handle the discussion of tomorrow's Tour de France stage. So, let's talk La Course first. Abby, what are we what are we kind of expecting here? Yeah, the course tomorrow looks really fun. There was definitely some controversy going into it with the change of the route, but they tried to stick to as close as the original route as possible. And we'll see how that goes tomorrow. But basically it's a run into a loop around the finishing village of Lavernu. Close enough. Lavernu. There's a lot of vowels in that name. They do a, what? Consonant, please. <laughs> Can I buy a consonant? You wouldn't say it in French anyway, so it doesn't matter. You'd skip it. <laughs> the climb in in the final laps is really fascinating. Super steep at the bottom. It gets up to 14% at the bottom, and then it levels off at the top. It's about three and a half kilometers in length, that, um, that climb. And so it's going to make for a pretty challenging final circuit. So they do three laps of that, and it really suits... You know, a lot of the riders that we've seen so far this year, uh, Lizzie Dagnan is coming back from illness and looked really, really good at the Tour de Suisse. Um, Mariana Voss will be interesting to see how she goes. Anna Vanderbregen and Demi Vollering, of course, and Chantal Vanderbrick Black. Really, the whole SD Works team is, uh, they've just got many, many options to choose from. But it's going to be a really exciting race. And I'm going to be on the ground with Jojo Harper, getting some behind the scenes audio and uh, maybe a little bit of Instagram live. So yeah, really excited for tomorrow's race. This is potentially the very last La Course by the Tour de France with the Tour de France Femme avec Zwift starting in 2022. So I think regardless of the reputation that this race has and the controversy around the ASO and having a women's Tour de France, it's still always a really exciting race. And because the course changes every year, minus the first, you know, two or three years, but in the in the last four years, the course has changed every year and it's always been a really exciting finish. So regardless of how you feel about this race and the ASO, it's a great one day event and it will be tomorrow. I mean, we, yeah, we spent a lot of time complaining about the ASO on this front. Um, but to their credit, it looks like they're finally 
sort of responding to those criticisms and, and trying to do what we've been asking for for, well, not just us, but everyone has been asking for for a very long time. I don't know. I, I go back and forth. It is a, it's a big ship to try to turn the ASO, but at the same time, it's a it's a quite a wealthy one, and so they probably could have done this five years ago if they really wanted to. <laughs> Anything else from the course? Uh, obviously, you're going to be on the ground. We will have some the the course coverage will be part of tomorrow's daily podcast, and of course, we'll have some stories up. We'll have a race report uh, from our weekend editor Kit Nicholson and Abby. You're going to be on some ciders, so you're going to chat with some folks and, and write some stories for CyclingTips.com. That excellent website. What a great website! Such a good website. Did we miss anything with with La Course? There's there's live coverage of the race tomorrow. It is if you're in North America, it's brutally early in the morning, but if you want to tune into the live coverage, um, I recommend it because I think that this course is really exciting and there's definitely some riders who had a bad spring who are going to be really looking to show off tomorrow with the Olympics coming up in one month. Where can people watch? If you're in North America, it's on NBC Sports or if you're in the US, it's on NBC Sports. Uh, it's also on GCN Plus for everywhere in Europe. And then if you're in Australia, it is on SBS with a delayed feed. Gotcha. Uh, are the Canadians gonna get Flow Sports again, just like the, the, the men's tour? Any information you wanna know about the course, the contenders and the live coverage, you can find on Cycling Tips. I did a preview. So if you wanna pull that up and take a look at it, I recommend. All right, so let's move over to the first stage of the Tour de France. Dane Cash, what are we looking what are we looking at for Saturday's stage one? This is not a easy sprint stage, to to put it mildly. Yeah, they went with a surprisingly hilly opening stage of this race from Brest to Landerneau. 198k with six categorized climbs. None of them are super hard, uh, but they there are uh, enough climbs kind of in the in the second half of the day, categorized and uncategorized, I think, to to, to rule the, the pure sprinters out of this one, uh, particularly because it ends with a third category climb. Uh, so ends with a climb that's going to be 3K in length at a 5.7% gradient or so. Uh, yeah, it's also got a double-digit section on there on that climb into Landerneau. So it's going to be a hard enough day. I think we're going to see some of the punchier riders, the, the riders who don't mind a, a, a sort of tricky day. Uh, we are expecting, at least at the moment, there is some possibility of rain in the forecast, but it, it's not um, not like a guaranteed downpour kind of day. So we'll see if that has an impact on the race. Uh, it, it might, but it's like I said, it's not going to be a guaranteed thing at this point. This is a day before the race. Um, yeah, so I'm thinking it's kind of the kind of day for uh, Matthew Vanderpool or Wat Van Aert. Uh, Julian Alaphilippe's going to be there, I think. Uh, and and who knows whether the GC riders will really try to get involved. Uh, they could. Roglic and, and uh, Pogacar and Aaron Thomas, they all have pretty decent kicks, so it wouldn't be a huge shock. Uh, but yeah, it's going to be a pretty unconventional opening day with with the possibility for at least some amount of time gaps. Uh, not not so steep that we're going to have you know minutes of gap, but but certainly a possibility for some. And, and bonus seconds as well on the line. I think it's very likely that whoever takes the yellow jersey tomorrow is going to be the type of rider that could potentially hold onto it for a fair amount of time, uh, potentially up to and, and maybe even through the TT. Um, I think it, it very much depends on 
on exactly who that rider is, but sort of the whole first couple days here are, are quite similar. Uh, I should mention that Abby and Ronan, who are still on this call, one, they're having some uh, service issues, and two, their laptop has like 2% battery left, so they're going to just disappear <laughs> at some point in this podcast, at which point Dane and I will just continue on, uh, you know, just, just the, the dynamic duo over here. Anyway, what I was saying is that I think that whoever takes this yellow jersey it potentially hangs on to it for quite some time because they're they're going to be suited to basically the entire first week of the tour. It takes a while for us to get to the big mountains this year. The TT is long enough that you could see it switch up, except for the fact that... <laughs> but we've seen that, you know, a rider like Alaphilippe, who I think is... You know, one of the probably top three contenders for the first yellow jersey is perfectly capable of hanging onto that through a time trial if he is super fit. So we could see a rider hang on to it for a while. It wouldn't surprise me, really, if tour organizers kind of had that in mind because they know that the riders well suited to tomorrow's stage are also exceptionally popular and they want to start this race with a popular yellow jersey wear. So if Vanderpol takes yellow, on Saturday. Obviously, that would be a popular victory. If Alaphilippe takes yellow on Saturday, that would be an exceptionally popular victory, and they're going to be able to hold on to that jersey for at least a couple days. Yeah, just looking at the, the profiles of the stage, I mean, you, you point out there are several stages that suit just those riders, uh, all the way up until stage eight is the day that they will go to Le Grand Pornant. So that's probably the day that, you know, a, a rider who gets the, the jersey on the first stage would lose it. Maybe. I mean, I guess Julian Alaphilippe did finish fifth at the Tour de France one year, uh, so who knows. But a rider like Alaphilippe, or Van Aert for that matter, I think will do just fine in that TT, the Stage 5 TT. So you're right, it could, it could be could be a whole week in yellow um, if somebody gets it on that first stage. Who knows? Ronan Abbey, do you have anything to add about tomorrow's stage? Yeah, Ronan had an addition. I... Did I have it in this? I don't know. You were looking at pro cycling stats on your phone. Yeah, I was just looking at pro cycling stats, thinking when was the last time we had a stage finish like this on stage one of the tour? And I believe it was Philip Gilbert way back, what, 10, 11 years ago with his bleach blonde shaved head at the time. Um, <laughs> but how cool would it be to actually just to see Philippe Gilbert pop up tomorrow <laughs> with a quite unexpected win? in the heyday of his career or in the I mean, autumn of his career. So yeah, definitely the autumn of his career. I mean, it would be, it would be spectacular, right? He hasn't done anything like that in, in a little while, uh, but not impossible, not impossible. I mean, tomorrow's stage is going to be all about timing. The finish is all about timing. It's, it's a, as Dane said, it's like a three K climb. Um, it is a cat three. It has a steep bit in the middle. It's going to be about who times that, that sort of final kick, perfectly i don't think we're going to see somebody come across solo with a bunch of a gap it's going to be you know feel more like like one of the ardennes races where we've got sort of a, a select group coming into the finish and probably just sort of gaps all the way back so a lot of gc riders going to be attempting to make sure that they're not behind those gaps it's going to be a stressful finish for the first day and the first day is always stressful the tour de france anyway because you've just got all this sort of pent-up energy and all this well, stress, really, uh, throughout the entire day. And tomorrow's stage with the narrow roads, with the potential for weather, is just going to add to that that stress. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me in the slightest if we see some some crashes tomorrow. We almost always do. 
fingers crossed everybody would be okay out of those. But I do think that that's, that's how the finish is going to go down. It's going to be little, little sort of smallish groups coming across the line with, with a, a couple seconds here and there between various groups. And so you need to be in one of those front ones. Sounds like, sounds like Abby and Ronan are down to 1% on their laptop. Oh, and they're gone. I was about to have them say bye, but they're gone. <laughs> Just me and you, Dane. I think we can wrap up for today. We want to keep these episodes a little bit shorter on the shorter end. And every single day, we're going to be well providing some color from the ground, talking about the day's stage, and then a little bit about whatever is going to happen the next day. We'll also be bringing, bringing you interviews and other insight from the ground in France. Abby and Ronan are there at the moment. I head over on the first rest day. I know a bunch of you are going to ask. Unfortunately, we could not get Rupert Guinness over from Australia. Uh, leaving Australia at this point in time is well, well, difficult to say the least. It requires uh, extensive quarantines and things like that. So unfortunately, no Rupert this year. Uh, we'd love to have him back next year. And maybe we'll have him on as kind of a, a guest at some point just uh, over Zoom or something like that. And of course, we'll be learning our way across France this month, thanks to Jose Bean and her little historical nuggets. We don't have one for today because, well, uh, they're in the same place today as they will be tomorrow. But starting with stage one, starting on Saturday, we will have those from Jose every day. Jose is also going to be on the podcast a couple different times throughout the month. We're going to be doing a bit... A bit more of kind of a, a we're going to sub in hosts, basically, pundits, uh, be, be a bit more of a rotation this month than we've done in the past. Uh, and so Jose will be on, I think, four or five times throughout the month, uh, along with, well, most of us are going to be kind of coming in and out throughout the three weeks. Dane, do we miss anything about Saturday stage? I think we hit all the, the key talking points, Kelly. All right. Well, if you haven't already, go sign up for the Cycling Tips Fantasy Competition. As I mentioned before, anybody who beats Dane does get his job at the end of the three weeks. And so pressure's on, Dane. Pressure's on. I can't wait. (laughs) Uh, If you are a Velo Club member, make sure that you join the Velo Club League in our little fantasy competition. Uh, And as I mentioned on Monday's preview show, we have changed the rules around that a little bit it's now points based so there's a little bit less of a uh well a a race ending day if you for example miss a breakaway or something like that uh i think the rule updates will make it even more fun it's still super simple to do you just pick a rider every single day and if that rider is in the top 10 you get points inside your little mini leagues because you can still create mini mini leagues with your friends you can select a time option if you liked that from before. That is still an option. With that, the tour is here. I'm pretty excited about it. We got three weeks of these coming up. Make sure you're subscribed. Make sure you tell your friends about this podcast. Share us, and we'll be back tomorrow. Bye, everybody. See you.